The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. We just got back from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and holy moly. It was amazing. That place is out of this galaxy? (laughs) Honestly, what an amazing new land to explore at Disneyland. It was just so breathtaking, and I'm not ashamed to say that I shed some tears. I was so excited. I was practically giggling and smiling the entire time. Because of the way that the reservations have worked just for the month of June, we were only allowed to go for a four-hour interval, and I wanted to spend the whole day there. Yeah, me too. I've never been that excited at Disneyland since I was like nine years old and my first time there. (laughs) I was bouncing around. You saw me. I was so excited and giddy and it just was crazy to see the Millennium Falcon up close. And I'm still in awe of this whole experience. Me too. The Millennium Falcon ride was especially amazing. When you go on the Millennium Falcon ride, it seats six people. And it allows for two co-pilots, which you and I were co-pilots. Yes. And then two gunners and two engineers. And each job actually gives that particular person something else to do. So the pilots, of course, pilot the plane. And there are controllers that allow you to turn the plane left and right and up and down. Co-pilots are also probably the most likely to get a little bit car sick if you get a little bit car sick yeah, on Yeah, I, I definitely got a little motion sick on <laughs> Then gunners sit a little bit further in the back and their screens are on the side. So I, I think that if you get motion sick, being a gunner or being an engineer might be a little bit safer for you. So being a gunner allows you to look at the screen on the side and press different kinds of buttons to fire. I got him! And then being an engineer requires you to fix different problems as they come up right where you're sitting by pressing buttons. Because me being a pilot, I was crashing into things. You you have to get a little used to it. (laughs) Of course. Well, and, you know, when you're running away from the Empire and trying to smuggle certain items, it makes sense that you're going to crash into things as you're hurrying. But the cool thing about it is when you go back, if you ever get the chance to go back multiple times, you will get to try these other things out. We only got to do the pilot, so we don't really know the full extent of the gunners and the engineers, but everybody who was on that ride with us was just 
giddy and holy molied. We got to talk to our family members who played the other roles, the gunners and the engineers, and everyone had a wonderful time. Also, there seems to be a little bit of a controversy about which milk is better, blue milk or green milk? I enjoyed the blue milk a little bit more. I enjoyed the green, so... Well, that's okay. They're both good. If you go, do let us know if you enjoyed the blue or the green milk better. You can get the blue and the green milk in Star Wars Land. Each one is a little bit sweet. It tastes a little bit like a slushy. The blue one's a little bit more berry-like, and the green one's a little bit more tropical. It's awesome. As soon as you go in, you can see stormtroopers on top of the garrison, like, patrolling, and you really feel like you're part of this outpost in the outer rim. It's amazing. It really just is amazing. I'm, I'm going to say amazing a lot, I think. <laughs> well, and I know you being light side, you were really excited by the Millennium Falcon. Me being dark side, I was extremely excited to see the stormtroopers and everything related to that. We didn't get to see Kylo Ren, unfortunately, but I know he was there somewhere. Here's a question. What is it about theme parks that thrill us so much? Well, I think a part of it is being able to escape to this other world. I mean, that's what pretty much all our podcast series are about is exploring different kind of fandoms that allow readers or viewers or gamers to go into this other world where they get to engage in a different kind of way where things are different. And I think that theme parks allow us to go into that other world as a participant. In Disneyland, we get to ride the Pirates ride, for example, if we're going to Pirates on the Caribbean ride. And in case of Star Wars Land specifically, I think a lot of attendees really feel like they're in that particular land, like they're in another world. And so I think that a part of it is that magical aspect of going to some kind of a fantastical place in a similar way as reading a book or watching a movie that we are really, really into. The other part of it, of course, is feeding off the energy of the crowd. Because when we see people around us being excited and laughing, especially if we are an empathic kind of person, we're likely to start feeling excited too and start smiling more as well. Being in Star Wars Land, especially seeing so many fans being so excited and so thrilled to be there was contagious in a really good way where I think that we were already excited, but that excitement magnified by being around other Star Wars fans. You just mentioned that these things feel real to us, and I can't agree with that more. This is something I dreamed about since I was a kid. I wanted Star Wars Land, and here it is, Star Wars Land, in my face, and it felt real. I mean, I broke down uncontrollably when Chewbacca strolled by me and patted me on the shoulder. Besides feeling the loss of Peter Mayhew, this was very emotional for me. It felt real. It felt... Like, I was being touched by you. <laughs> I know it's some dude in a costume, but, I mean, it really felt real to me. And it touched me in such an emotional way. I just want to explore those connections that we have with these fictional characters and these fictional worlds that we talk about on our podcast all the time. It's phenomenal just how connected we are to these things that we grew up with. Based off of this and nostalgia, how can connections to these fictional world and these fictional characters produce these strong emotions and make these experiences so real? 
Well, I think a part of it is nostalgia, right? I think that remembering first exploring these fandoms can bring on this really powerful feeling which can create this kind of bittersweet like a sensation you know that can be really overwhelming and the other part of it is that in being so ingrained into this world as you know as we were meeting the characters that we've only ever seen on the screen before can create essentially what's called an awe-related experience, A-W-E. Awe-related experiences have been shown to produce a number of different emotions in our body, such as happiness and overwhelming joy, at which point our eyes are likely to water. You know, we cry whenever we experience any kind of extreme emotion, whether it's happiness, sadness, fear, anger. I think that having awe-related experience that causes us to cry is the most amazing, the most magical expression of joy. I imagine that seeing Chewbacca brought up all of these emotions in you, partially because, yes, as you mentioned, there was the sadness over losing Peter Mayhew, and part of it was in having this real-life connection with one of your heroes right there in front of you seeing Chewbacca in real life you know yes it was a person in costume but to you he's real and to a lot of the attendees he's real and he is a representation of a loyal friend he is a representation of somebody that will always be there for you and support you and show up exactly when you need him and so I think that these kind of connections are so incredibly beautiful in the park, there was a line full of people of all ages, children and adults alike, to either get a picture with Chewbacca or to high-five him. And he went around and tried to pay attention to everybody. He had a beard contest for men. Yeah, um, that was funny. <laughs> he measured everybody's beard length. Um, and he took pictures with every single child. He gave everybody hugs and or pats on the back. Or he, he would lean in and put his head to their head. It was so beautiful. It really was. And it seems like it was really warm and compassionate, which is very much in line with Chewbacca, who's always been very emotional as a character, a very warm and loving character. And so it makes sense that you and probably a lot of other people in the park were extremely emotional by seeing him and interacting with him. There was also a Ray that was amazing. She looked like Ray. She sounded like Ray, like her voice. They did a very good job picking that woman. And there were all these young children dressed up like Ray. They would come up to her and they were just in awe. It was amazing. It really was. I saw this one boy waiting to get a picture with her and he was almost in tears waiting to meet his hero. And it was so beautiful to me. There were a lot of kids dressed up, some as Ray and some as Kylo Ren and some as other characters. And it was so adorable to see so many children in costumes. From what I heard, adults cannot cosplay there. And it makes a lot of sense because there's just so much fascination with it. Yeah, so I believe only children under 12 can cosplay and people over 12 are not allowed. And my guess is that this is because 
Disney takes responsibility for the way that characters interact with attendees. If somebody's in costume, they might be mistaken for a Disney character. And if that person then does or says something inappropriate, then Disney might have to bear responsibility for them. So I imagine that might be a part of why only children are allowed to be in costume. Especially in the cantina scene, I can imagine someone saying something like, my friend doesn't like you. I don't like you either. <laughs> he doesn't like you. I'm sorry. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We're wanted men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead! But you were mentioning at the beginning that right now, especially, it's kind of an exclusive journey. We had to do a lot of things to get these reservations. How does this factor into our mindsets prior to visiting a park? I think that we tend to want what is difficult to get. When there's scarcity, when there's very few passes, for example, available, when it's hard to get something, it makes it a lot more exciting to be able to get it. When certain things are exclusive, we want them more. Our brain is programmed to want things that are seemingly better quality and more exclusive. There was a research study done, I think almost two decades ago now, where participants were given two bottles of wine to taste. These were adult participants. And one had a price sticker on it that said, I think something like $14. And the other one had a price sticker that said something like $300. Participants were asked to sample each glass of wine from each bottle and report which one tasted better. And these were wine connoisseurs. These were people that knew a lot about wine and they spend a lot of time describing each glass and talking about which one they liked more and they all said that they liked the more expensive wine the rarer wine better and talked about different taste properties that it had that the less expensive wine did not but actually this was the exact same wine in both bottles what it shows is that we might perceive things differently if they're more exclusive and if they seem higher quality. What's interesting is that a similar experiment was conducted in an MRI machine and we saw that participants' brains actually reacted differently to the glass of wine that they believed to be more expensive. Their taste perception and their enjoyment seem to be a lot more activated in various areas of their brain when they believed that they were consuming the more expensive glass of wine. I think that for a lot of us, when we get some kind of an exclusive offer, such as, for example, getting some kind of exclusive passes, like to Star Wars Land, or seeing a movie a few days before it comes out, before everybody else is going to see mm -hmm. it anyway, it's the exact same movie just a few days earlier, we might have a different experience of it. We might physiologically and psychologically enjoy it more because of its exclusivity at that time. That makes a lot of sense. There was just so much anticipation for this. Our block was from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. It was amazing to see everybody getting there really early. I mean, we got there two hours early and there was already a pretty large crowd there. Afterwards, the crowd was just enormous because they wouldn't let us beyond a certain point in the park. You can just see it. 
as more people started getting behind us, the people in front of us would get fidgety and start moving forward. And it was very interesting to me to start watching these people and their anxieties and just their excitement grow. What do you think drives this sense of urgency and the need to beat others to the punch? I think that we tend to pick up signals from the people around us. Seeing everybody else get anxious might make us more anxious, again, through observation and empathy. And seeing that some people are wanting to be the first might increase that same urgency in us, even if it wasn't there before. I'm not saying that we're going to feel that same way exactly every time, but seeing other people kind of rushing or wanting to get to the front of the line might make us want to do the same. Now, other people might do the opposite and just kind of stay as far back as possible. I'm not a big fan of crowds and I know neither are you. So we were fortunate enough to find a spot that wasn't too crowded, even in that big crowd, which was really nice because people weren't necessarily right on top of us. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that was most important. But I think seeing all that excitement, wanting to not miss out, wanting to experience every single thing that we could in Star Wars land in that four hour time block that was allotted was really important. I think that especially given all the reviews that a lot of people have been reading, knowing that once again, this idea of scarcity being there, that it's going to be very difficult to do every single thing in Star Wars land because of the amount of time allotted and because of the mm -hmm. crowds. I think a lot of people wanted to make sure that they would be able to get to certain spots. And we were one of them. <laughs> absolutely. We had our plans. We did, and it worked. So for us, we ran straight to the cantina to make sure that we made the reservation, then got to ride the Millennium Falcon, then went back to the cantina, which is when our reservation time was up, mm -hmm. and got to have a few drinks there. It was amazing. It was amazing. It's funny because they have a DJ robot. His name's DJ Rex, and he is the first pilot for the Star Tours ride, the old one. So I thought that was kind of funny. He's he's out in the galaxy getting new work because he crashed the Star Tours shuttle. Just your regular, everyday DJ droid, you know. <laughs> nothing to see here. Yeah, nothing to see here. You know, we were talking about these connections to these fandoms and these characters and these fictional worlds. And it's so cool that we were in line and we met this very lovely couple from the Bay Area. And we actually quickly became good friends and we spent a lot of our time in the park with them as well what can this say about fandoms and the social relationships they can create sometimes it's difficult to form friendships right when we meet somebody at a party and we might feel kind of awkward initiating conversation most people think it's just them most most of us think hey i don't know how to start small talk i feel awkward but the truth is we all feel awkward sometimes having conversations with people we don't know and having small talk. But when there's a topic that we are all excited about when we have this kind of connection already, then it becomes a lot easier. It was very clear that everybody in that line waiting to get into Star Wars land was a huge Star Wars fan. And we didn't even have to ask if people were Star Wars fans. It was it was automatic. And so these kind of friendships form very quickly. 
what happens in our bodies that when we find somebody else with a similar passion or similar interest to ours is that our bodies release certain chemicals such as oxytocin for example which is known as a cuddle hormone but it's also known as a trust building hormone so when we spend time with somebody talking about topics that we engage in or shake hands with somebody or hug somebody that hormone is released and it allows us to feel a stronger sense of bonding and connection and trust with the person that we've met and so for us being there in this excitement kind of energy waiting in line to get in meeting other star wars fans i think was very natural and i think that that friendship was very natural and i imagine there were lots of friendships that were formed in that same line where people were waiting to get in because we share so much in common that we share this wonderful fandom in common and so naturally people will want to share tips about star wars land they will want to share their experiences with star wars and disneyland it makes it very easy to formulate new friendships. So I think in Disneyland, at different Comic Cons, there's this kind of a presence, there's this kind of a setting that allows for easier formation of friendships than in some other situations. It was very interesting because when I initiated the conversation with these people, I was just either really tired or super excited or both. It was probably both. But I looked at my wristband that they gave me and it said 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. And I was like, dude, I think they made a mistake on the bracelets. We get to be here until all the way at night. He was like, yeah, he got all excited. And then he's like, wait, it's 12 p.m. And I was like, oh, man, bad llama. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I even made that mistake. I love that you just used an emperor's new groove (laughs) joke. Yeah, that was amazing. Had to be done. (laughs) There are so many things to do in this park. You can build your own lightsaber. Of course, everything's pretty expensive and you have to get in the line. So the lightsaber lines are pretty long. The cantina is super long. It's not the largest cantina in the world, (laughs) you know. So take that into consideration when you go into these parks that things you might not get to see. Even though the cantina is a bar that serves alcoholic beverages, children are allowed in the cantina. Of course, they're not allowed to drink alcohol, but there are plenty of non-alcoholic beverages for children to consume. Yeah, and they're really cool. All the drinks are, they have like dry ice bubbling in it and like weird alien eggs. And it's (laughs) it's really interesting. (laughs) This park is so amazing. And and if you're a Star Wars fan, it's going to really hit you hard. It's going to hit you right in the heart in the feels in the feels it's gonna hit you in the feels we're gonna go ahead and wrap this episode of superhero therapy up again my name is dustin mcginnis you can find me on twitter at the valiant geek and i'm dr janina scarlet you can find me on twitter at shadow quill or on instagram dr janina scarlet official thank you all for tuning in and have a wonderful day and may the force be with you <laughs>